0: This is a Boathouse Studios podcast. To support this podcast and other podcasts like it, visit patreon.com slash boathousestudios or subscribe to Boathouse Studios on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your ear content. That's Boathouse Studios, B-O-A-T-H-A-U-S Studios, how spelt the German way.
1: Welcome to the Cinevals.
2: Today we will be talking about
1: the island Cinnabals. of Dr. Moreau. 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 And how. <laughs>
2: and how. Um, so this movie uh, came out in 1996, mm-hmm. which is the same year that
1: Batman came out. Year after? Year after Batman came out? Year after Batman came out. Riding high off of that Batman Bat yeah, Bucks. <laughs> it was uh, Heat, Batman, and then Island of Dr. Moreau. Woo! What a Woo. trilogy. Yep. Mercy.
2: Um, This uh, is a famous flop. Mm-hmm. It's a famous t- turd of a movie.
1: Yeah, it was a famous famous poo yeah. that happened in the yeah. world. Much uh, like
2: Bono. Yes. Ao
1: Hot takes. Any, any South Park fans out there? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no more U2 fans, that's for sure. <laughs> Unsubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, this movie was referred to by uh, Roger Ebert as Marlon Brando's worst film ever. Really? By far. Yes. Wow. And it was in an article uh, after his death, so Ooh. maybe... Maybe you don't have to rank people's best movies, give it a time. No kidding. (laughs) But he's Uh, dead too, so who am I to say? Who am I to critique? Uh, (laughs) Uh,
2: Here's a hot take. Not really a hot take. This is just a a small fact about my life. Uh I'm pretty sure this is the only Marlon Brando movie I've seen. Me too. Oh,
1: no. Wait. I've seen... uh, (laughs) Producer Greg has imploded (laughs) and is dying in the corner <laughs> right now he's ripping all of his skin off and folding it into a neat bag uh, he's turning hell. into a pig woman that's right <laughs> more on her later Ooh. Um, i think this is the second brand i have seen the godfather <laughs> okay when he's in that right <laughs> Uh, it's a podcast about movies everyone's shitting themselves right now um
2: we're not qualified for this (laughs) um all right
1: Uh, right, well camille how would you
2: (laughs) oh boy how would you summarize uh this the plot of this movie
1: oh boy uh welcome to beast people island it's not a secret for long uh that's about it the weather looks nice great yeah <laughs> uh yeah the, uh whoa this movie this movie's a lot um <laughs> this movies a lot <laughs> yeah so, uh yeah so just to dive right in it's based on the 1896 novel the island of dr moreau by h.g wells um the movie that we watched is like the third or fourth movie adaptation of the story mm-hmm. um and this one like Ali said 1996 eventually directed by John Frankenheimer <laughs> asterisk asterisk <laughs> starring Val Kilmer, Marlon Brando, uh David Thewlis, mm-hmm. Feruza Balk, Balk, others Ron Perlman, Ron Perlman and some other people who yeah. were lovely. Yep. Um they're quite good. There's spoiler alert there's like not really a lot of bad acting in the movie no at all. i
2: think uh yeah yes. i think that's the very surprising thing that yes this movie is very well performed
1: mm-hmm. so this movie is batshit, shit it's and we've fucking got nuts it's ooh. fucking nuts <laughs> yes and we have a whole a lot of shit to get into um, with it, and with the documentary about it. Um, but first, we're just going to concentrate on the actual movie that we watched. Yes, uh, just last the night. The
2: experience of watching the Island of Dr. Moreau. Yes,
1: take us there, Alex. Okay, so
2: opening shot. Mm. It's a it's a bird's eye view of ah, a of a. Ah. Rubber dinghy, and there are three people fighting. Whoosh, whoosh. There's narration by a Ew. British man. Ew. Um, mm. cut to stabbing, whoosh, whoosh. and then shark eating, and then Rawr. and then paddle, <laughs> bludgeoning. F-ting, f-ting. Um, and then David Thewlis is left alone. So he, David Thewlis, is a guy who is on a in a plane crash and ended up on a dinghy with two other people and then the two other people started fighting and then they killed each other uh, well they tried to kill each other and then David Thewlis like beat one of the dudes to death mm-hmm. as he was trying to get back into the dinghy and then he gets rescued by Val Kilmer and it's like Val Kil- uh he so David Thewlis is like in the pit of this ship and then Val Kilmer is like giving him an IV Oh, yeah. Or is he? Mm -hmm. Cloudy liquid. Yep. (laughs) And then they land on the island. Um, Val Kilmer murders a bunny in front of him. Mm -hmm. um, And then takes him to the house of Dr. Moreau. Um, David Thewlis walks around and finds uh, Feruza Balk dancing seductively by herself uh, in a a courtyard outside Mm -hmm. somewhere. Something like that. And Val Kilmer is smoking and watching.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes, he is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I thought that whole time he went to go get Marlon Brando. He was just hanging out. Yeah. He just left David Thula's character to do nothing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Puts a flower in his mouth. Yeah. It's weird.
2: Uh, And then uh, that night. He gets put in a room and gets locked in mm-hmm. by Val First Kilmer. First night. First night. And Val Kilmer's like, this is for your own good. And then he breaks out and then uh, finds this warehouse clinic zoo thing. And it's like this shot of Val Val Kilmer and a bunch of like beast people in scrubs mm-hmm uh delivering a baby from a pig woman mm-hmm. and it's like very it, it it feels like the the that um horrifying part in alien resurrection where uh, Sigourney (laughs) Weaver walks into the room and just, like, sees all of the other clones of herself. And then number seven is like, kill me.
1: Oh, and it's just, like, it's not even person-shaped. It's, like, cube-shaped. There's a breast up by an ear. Oh,
2: so awful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um,
2: And the... we all just started losing our minds because we're like it. It feels like the climax of a movie. Yeah, like if going in, I was I I knew nothing about this movie. I thought it was going to be like a slow burn, like thriller, mm-hmm. um, suspense movie and like the the ultimate reveal is that Dr. Moreau is turning people into beast beast men yeah and then that's and then it's about him escaping the island yeah no this is like the first 15 minutes of the movie and all of a sudden you see like a pig woman birth
1: oh yeah in like oh. such bright lighting yeah oh. um yeah agreed it was uh it's very quick yep. to get to all of those things and like Fal Kilmer is uh even before like when he locks David Thewlis in his room undeniably a villain move and david oh, yeah. thewlis and like it's not even like it's dark david thewlis goes in there and he's it's not like oh i was drinking a bit and i'm tired i'm gonna pass out and then secretly val kilmer locked yeah. it and like just we the audience knows like no he straight it's the loudest lock in the universe yeah and david Thulis is like what
2: hey what, what what's why up why are you locking why? me
1: in and he's like it's for your own good yeah uh, so and even before that they're like a bunch of val kilmer's lines are like uh very on the nose like (laughs) one of the first things that he says when when they're still on the boat and he's got the IV in his Mm -hmm. arm and all that kind of thing he's kind of passing out and coming back again and he says to val kilmer oh what are you what are you doing to me what where are we going where where are we who are you you know those things and he says who and he kind of gives vague ish answers and then david lewis's character says who are you are you a doctor and then val kilmer says "Mm, more more like a vet. vet you're like, totally unnecessary, very obvious. It's, yeah, yeah, things like that. And, like, after Frieza Balk is dancing, he has some line about, like, uh, David Seuss is, like, oh, she's lovely or something. I don't know, something, like, vaguely kind of whatever nice about her. And Val Kilmer just turns to him and says, says, she's a pussycat. She's she's a cat woman later. She's yeah. a cat person. Yeah, foreshadowing. So, yeah, it seems like foreshadowing. <laughs> it also kind of seems like it was either written in or Val Kilmer is just fucking with you. Yeah. And, and ruining the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it's, I don't know. It's really headed straight towards it. Yeah, I yeah. also thought uh, it would be a slow burn and there would be a lot of like, hmm, there's something not right with this mm-hmm. island. But they set up all these other kind of cool things before then that are very credible about this Dr Moreau like he's got a Nobel peace or a Nobel prize for science of some kind. Yeah. Uh, and he's got all these degrees and he's well renowned in the world etc cetera, etc. Cetera.
2: Yeah. I thought this movie was going to be very similar to I'm going to butcher this. Okay, right. who's the who's the <laughs> bad guy in mm-hmm. Neverland? The uh,
1: Captain Hook.
2: Yes, but um Who the Star Trek Discovery guy?
1: Jason Isaacs.
2: Jason Isaacs. Yes. What's the movie where he's an evil lizard doctor? Uh, uh,
1: The cure for wellness. Uh, A cure for wellness.
2: Yes. So (laughs) thank you. Thank you, Camille. (laughs) You're welcome. I thought this movie was going to be kind of like that. Like a cure for wellness. Like there's a person who's like in a clinic, in a hospital, and then like slowly starts figuring out like there's some weird stuff going on. Mm -hmm. And then like the last third of the movie is just going to be totally nuts. All, all the crazy shit. Mm. I sort of assumed that it was sort of going to follow a similar structure to that, but it did not. Um, it surprised me.
1: Yeah. So after, after we see beast person birth. Yes. And, uh, David Thulis runs into the jungle. Balk actively starts helping him. Like, yeah. come on, we got to get you out of here. Let's go. Then what happens?
2: Uh, they run to the to the beach, and then there's a bunch of beast people on the beach. So um, they run into the forest, mm-hmm. and then Cheetah Man is eating a bunny in the forest. And then they run further into the forest, and then they find five like the the monkey guy. Um and Frusabalk is like, look, Monkey Guy, I found another five fingered man for you. Ah uh, yes, then, yes. Take us. She's not British. I don't know why I'm. <laughs> I like it. I like this character. It's good. Take us to the center of the law. Um, and then they go into this like, like medieval looking village, but uh, not really medieval. Like a a primitive style village, mm-hmm. but there's also like concrete and elevators. Yeah. So they go into this, like, concrete bunker almost, and then they take the elevator down, and then Ron Perlman plays this character called the Speaker of the Law, who's, like, he's, like, a ram man. He's, mm-hmm. like, a sheep man.
1: And he's blind.
2: And he's blind. I didn't know that he was blind. Yeah. Oh.
1: I had forgotten. It's kind he. Doesn't is it because he's super justice play and justice it. is blind. Maybe oh Aww. probably. Um, I I didn't really notice that until I read a trivia item about it that oh. Ron Perlman's contact lenses in it meant that he he was blind for all of the shooting. Ooh, method <laughs> he didn't see anything. So <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: um. Okay, so he plays a blind ram man who is like, and his job is he's like a priest slash. Uh yeah he's more yeah. of a priest than, mm-hmm. than like justice mm-hmm.
1: um, the beast people they have no separation between beast church and beast state yes of
2: course Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, they're talking and then they go out of the village and then we see our first glimpse of Marlon Brando
1: oh middle <gasps> oh, of the day broad daylight
2: he's yeah also so were they running all night then?
1: Yeah, they were. There's a... Yeah, there, and there's, like, one... I, I kind of clocked it because it seems like... Yeah, because, okay, as soon as he goes in his bedroom, Val Kilmer locks it. It is And nighttime. he's immediately on the case about, like, I got to get out of here. Yeah. Breaks the lock, goes to zoo clinic thing. Yeah. And, that yeah, I guess they're running, they're okay. running all night because now yeah. it's, like, 11 a.m.
2: Yeah. Okay, broad daylight. There is a procession. I think he's on a palanquin.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, he... It, Ali, you really nailed it. He looks like the Pope.
2: Yeah, he looks like like a chalky, chubby Pope.
1: Yeah, in um, the Pope mobile, like yeah. he's in a little.
2: He's yeah, he's like in a little. He's on a boat. He's in the Pope mobile. Yeah, that's, that's really he the really most is. apt yeah. description of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and he gets brought in, and then uh, uh, he, he, I don't even. Know. They, they have a discussion. Mm-hmm. They have a discussion and then they end up having dinner afterwards. And then we mm-hmm. find out that everyone on the Island is vegetarian mm-hmm. and that is a bad idea to kill meat or ki- to eat meat. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, is like, well, cheetah man killed someone. And then they, and then it's like flash forward to a, the trial of the cheetah man. Mm-hmm. And then cheetah man gets killed and then hyena is really sad about it. Mm-hmm. And then, there's a concert. They have a concert. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's so nuts. This movie's so nuts. Okay, can we just like, can you describe what Marlon Brando looks like in this movie? Okay,
1: picture if you will. And if you haven't seen the movie, just hold off on googling what he looks like for like one minute. Yeah. Picture. Um, okay, if you've ever seen Marlon Brando in a movie, ignore that because yeah. this looks like something else.
2: It's like Job of the Hut was covered in chalk. Yeah.
1: So imagine Job of the Hut but computer animated for some reason. Marlon Brando is not computer animated, but he looks like he was. He doesn't <laughs> it's just a lot of weird shit going on. Yeah. Um then he's covered in I think sunscreen, like a really high intensity sunscreen cuz he mentions that he's allergic to the sun yeah. and the heat really gets to him. Yeah. So he's covered in zinc. Just pure yeah. physical sunscreen um and then he's got regular sunglasses on but the side of the sunglasses has additional dark lenses yeah. to get i assume to protect the side of his eyes um he's got a number of different outfits throughout the film there's usually some kind of like webbing covering his head and a hat there's like a green outfit at one point.
2: Lots of flowing robes. There's a lot of
1: flowing robes, like muumuhs, kaftans, etc. And he, uh, oh, I, oh, he, okay. And then he also has his assistant character, who is yeah. like a is like a, a is little, a little person, person performer who's dressed like him.
2: Mm-hmm. This is the this is what started mini Me.
1: Yes this is this the is the OG. origin of that yeah yeah and so all of his costume choices and like white makeup choice like that's all dupe in duplicate yeah with another person yeah uh there that's a lot am i missing yeah. any aspects of like the physical what's happening physically he also
2: has a weird mouth like he <laughs> he that is that just real life I, though no i think there's like there's definitely some like Rouge or something. There's like some sort of lip mm. makeup going on. He
1: has a kind of like a like a mild but constant fruit punch mouth. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That's a good way to describe He's it. Kind of got like L. Ron Hubbard's mouth light. Yes. I if would that desc- helps you. I would describe
2: home. his look as like the the center of the Venn diagram between Betty Davis in Whatever Happened to Baby Jane and Job of the Hutt
1: yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yes, agreed.
2: Um, yeah, and uh, okay, so then he go he, uh, David Thewlis is introduced to his his four children. Mm-hmm. Well, technically, all of the beast people are his children, but like mm-hmm. he he has four that he keeps around. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and there's three like beast men. Yes. Um, and then in tuxedos in tuxedos, and then Fruzabalk. Yes, um, who just looks like normal mm-hmm. Um, actually, so I one of the things that I was really surprised because I only know Farooza Balk from like Waterboy and um, the craft. Mm-hmm. So I've only seen her look really scary. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and this was the first time I've seen her like just not look scary. so that was that was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, she's uh, like really stunning. Yeah, she's really beautiful.
1: Yeah, like there was some, there was one shot in the movie, and it's not like the only shot where it happens at all, but it was sort of like quiet in the room, and we both remarked at almost the same time, the Bulk is so
3: pretty.
1: Yeah. Wow, like her eyes are yeah liquid. <gasps> <laughs> They're just, She's just very pretty. Yeah. She's very good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess we'll talk about the acting in a minute, but she's lovely. Yeah. Tr- truly lovely yeah. in this movie. Yep. Um,
2: and then they, and then, yeah, and then they have a concert a lot of this is probably out of order, but it doesn't matter. There's a concert. Yeah. Marlon Brando is playing a a black grand piano mm-hmm. with another smaller black grand piano on top of it that is being played by his mini me. Yes. And it's maybe the best thing I've ever seen on film.
1: It's great. <laughs> it's so it's nuts. really great. Yeah, it's so nuts. And, and then oh. what happens? Ah, uh, okay. And then after cheetah, that, cheetah trial. Yeah, and then there's uh, the trial of the cheetah man. Lo, my, mm. I learned. Uh, and then cheetah man is okay. And that's kind of confusing because um, cheetah man is is uh, is found guilty, I guess. But then Marlon Brando has him up to like his weird dais or like yeah. altar, his throne, and he says, "I forgive you." And then one of um, Dr. Moreau's like dog son, dog his dog son just shoots Cheetah Guy in, in the head. Yeah, and then Marlon Brando, and then everyone freaks. All of the beast folk freak out. Marlon Brando also is displeased and mm-hmm. is like, "Why did you shoot him?" And he's like, "I thought that's what you wanted me to do, Father." Am I not to uphold the law? Yeah, and then uh, Cheetah Man gets. Cremated, and then um, Ron, no, we kept thinking it was Ron Perlman. It really looks like, sorry, uh, our apologies from the Cinevals to the actor who plays Hyena Man, for looking, we thought you were Ron Perlman. You really look like Ron Perlman in prosthetics. So we're yeah. like, oh, did he play this role or did he play both roles? Good for him. Ron Perlman's great. So we just pass all <laughs> that along to this guy whose name I didn't look up. So also sorry for that. <laughs> Erasing you, you don't get a thing. Uh, anyway, so he, so his friend Gina Man gets uh, totally cremated, and then like in in the remains in this little cremation thing, um, there's like a a little a rib that he finds, and it's got. Yeah. This, the little device on it, which they all have implanted in them somewhere. And obviously like none of them knew where it was implanted mm-hmm. where Marlon Brando can shock them at any time, which is how he controls them. Yeah. Um, and so he figures that he's like, oh, it's on the rib. And so he digs into his own <laughs> rib, gruce, and then like pulls it out. And then he's like, oh, I've got, I've got the secret now, mm. revolt time. And so no then, more pain. yes, yes. And then like the whole rest of the movie, just still like another hour or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's shocking because at this point we're like, what? What is, is left? What is left? What is left? We've already had the beast people reveal.
2: Yep. What? C- uh, where can you go from here?
1: Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so it's mostly just a, like a slow revolt. Yeah. But it's not surprising. Like they're obviously going to revolt and then they just take a while to do it.
3: Yep.
2: Uh, eventually the beast people eat Um, Marlon Brando Mm -hmm. Um, and then Val Kilmer becomes Marlon Brando
1: (laughs) yes literally Uh,
2: yeah he just like he starts dressing like him Um, he starts talking uh, like him he does at one point he does an impression of Marlon of literal of Marlon Brando from the Godfather yeah like like... (laughs) (laughs) he Doing the I've never seen The Godfather this.
3: <laughs> Right? Yeah, I'm getting am getting a
1: finger gun from producer Greg. So that was the that uh, was less bad than he thought. Yeah. Uh yeah, like he's not even doing an impression of Marlon Brando's character from this movie. No. It's crossing universes. Yeah. it's fucking bad shit. And like It's very – and he's like – yeah, it's fucking crazy. He looks at the camera at one point. Yeah. And it's (laughs) – I don't think it's supposed to happen.
2: (laughs) Uh, Oh, yeah. And then uh, we find out that all of the Beast people need, like, certain hormones. Mm -hmm. It's, like, called – they call it just the serum, and it's, like, a Mm -hmm. cocktail of hormones. And then Val Kilmer's character, Montgomery, um, talks about how he – combines like a ton of drugs and like methamphetamines and shrooms. yeah,
1: yeah. It, uh just uh. <laughs> so
2: um so yeah when when he like becomes marlon brando he's like at one point he's descending down in the elevator and he's dressed like marlon brando and he's got the white makeup on his face and he's just like throwing pills to people yeah. and it turns into like this weird be- beast people orgy <laughs> yeah <sighs>
1: Which we uh, learned late, which spoiler alert, we learned later is basically what happened offset as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Anyway. Um, and then Val Kilmer gets shot mm-hmm. by Dogman.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then um Firuza Balk and David Thulis are running away. Mm-hmm. And then they get caught. Um, and Fruzabalk uh, starts regressing into her like cat creature uh um and uh and then gets killed very suddenly and not um and and, yeah she gets hung by the dog brother Mm -hmm. who's like uh dad loved you best so fuck you now you die now now you die
1: yeah yeah and then she's dead
2: yeah and then and then the dog man gets shot mm-hmm. and then it's this point where hyena has the pain device mm-hmm. and has gathered all of the other beast people into um all of the like docile beast people into mm-hmm. like a big field and they've brought david thulus um to hyena and is like Tell me I'm a god. Tell me I'm a god. And then David Thulis is like, yeah, but like, what about your buddies? He like tricks them into turning on each other. Mm-hmm. And then they all shoot each other.
1: The the main compound blows up.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: and then all David of, Thulis. All of the
2: mean animal men die.
1: <sighs> yes. And then he builds a raft. Mm-hmm. And uh, takes
2: a basket mm-hmm. full of coconuts. <laughs>
1: yes. Of. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of like the hard of coconuts like in shell still like not preserved yeah. or dried or no. anything like the most difficult form of the coconut yeah totally. um and like builds a little raft with a sail yep and then says goodbye and the, then the nice beast people and like ron perlman are like no don't go why are you leaving like we have a lot to rebuild and david thules is like no no i'm i'll come back i'll, total, I'll, def- I'll totally come, definitely definitely come total, back. yeah are you I'm guys just, on facebook i'm just going out for smokes yeah. i'll be like <laughs> right back in like three months yeah definitely back (laughs) though.
2: bye Uh, bye (laughs) uh rom Rom perlman is uh the the priest character uh is like no more scientists forever and then then there's like oh this super heavy-handed narration about how animals are savage and then it's um over top of uh just like stock footage of like riots yeah and we're like yeah we get it humans suck and we fight each other like that's we get it yeah it was very God. it was very dumb yeah it's very dumb mm-hmm. yep yes that's pretty much the plot oh we do find that um val kilmer had extracted like Bits of of uh, David Thewlis's DNA mm-hmm. um, to like develop a serum for whatever. So mm-hmm. he was he. So David Thewlis was also being experimented on. Mm-hmm. So that's I don't know something. Maybe yeah. he's going to turn into a beast person himself.
1: Yeah, mm. that's true. Um, Ellie, what did you think of the Island of Dr. Moreau? The movie, the ride, the, experience. <laughs> the musical, the series. Um, I
2: thought that. Uh, I thought it was a very confusing movie that I enjoyed watching, but never want to watch again.
3: Mm.
1: Yeah, that's well put. It was much, because this is, this is all of our first time watching this movie. Um, I think we'd all heard a lot about this movie. I'd seen like the, the documentary about it, uh, a couple of years ago. Um, but I had a really different expectation for what it was going to look like and what I wasn't expecting is that a lot okay so a lot of it is off the rails but also a lot of it seems well put together yeah which was really bizarre to watch um yeah. and maybe we can get producer Greg to fly in here um and just give a, <laughs> and give a little bit more about like a like what what is it in the film that tells us a movie is well made in comparison to even let's say, Mind Hunters, or like a recent Valcomer, yeah. like uh, like Mind Hunters, or maybe I'm looking at like the wall behind us, <laughs> um, or even like I don't know again. Yeah, I don't know. M- M- Mind Tires is a good example because it's like, that's a shitty movie. It was like cheaply, it was cheaply in a yeah. quotations made. It's got a lot of like quick cuts to stuff and it seems shitty and like the technology montage and things like that that I think we watch, especially in like 2019 ish. And we say, oh, that's obviously bad. And like, this is yeah. cheesy and this is, ugh, this looks cheap even yeah. though it's expensive and yeah. it's badly acted. And yeah, it's bad. Yeah.
2: And then. And then juxtapose, like what makes this mm-hmm. any different from like a well-made movie? Like, yeah. uh, like uh, the Blue Lagoon is a ocean movie on an island? What, mm-hmm. What? I mean, other than the Beast People, what's the difference between the Blue Lagoon and, is the Blue Lagoon highly regarded? Uh, I-, I watched it as a child oh. and was very
1: <laughs> upset by it. Yeah, I think that's everyone's experience. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because Okay uh, Because like what okay, Because this movie is not Evil Dead And I don't mean to shit on Evil This movie is not like a B movie No But it's It is I don't but know It's, it's con- so Yeah but, uh, I We're just
2: know. so uh, confused It's confusing and Yeah we're just so confused by this movie yes. Can you can, Greg you know how to talk the film talk So, <laughs> Yeah how do you How Why is this why is this movie?
0: Why is this movie? <laughs> yes. um, so I think this is like uh, based on the on the documentary we watched and on my uh, little bit of research that we did. the The idea of letting a man like Richard Stanley do this movie, the mm-hmm. the original director, mm-hmm. um, is a good one. I think I think this movie would have been. Um, memorable not successful but memorable if hmm. if richard stanley did it they brought in uh john frankenheimer who is very um well known for being able to put together a movie mm. he just he's just like yeah i know how to do it i'm a director this is what i do i put together movies um he made the manchurian candidate good thriller Um, made the Iceman Cometh and then in basically his entire career it's just filled with um, thrillers and pot boilers and just basic genre movies um, that aren't really that great but they all work like if you want a movie to just function you get John Frankenheimer in to do it and when you when you bring in a guy like him, he's going to give you a big climactic action set piece. Doesn't matter if it feels like it's completely against the grain of what the actual story and themes are mm-hmm. because that's what this is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, everything that David Thewlis does at the end to turn them against each other I think is interesting. The overdone and overblown nature of it is what undercuts the whole movie. When there's a huge massive explosion in the movie, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, that's so they can put it in the trailer.
3: Mm, that's okay. it. That's the
0: reason why that's in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally think almost every moment of this movie is competent. and it's mm. just it's just kind of boring in the outcome. Like the like the outcome of the movie is just like is very much less than the sum of its parts. The ending is so overwrought and so on the nose that it undercuts everything and at the time when it came out, like we hear about troubled productions all the time, and they really undercut the movie that you that you get usually with big budget studio movies that have troubled productions but get released, you're not going to see much of that
3: mm. Mm-hmm.
0: Because they they can't afford for you to see much of that. The, right. So they'll go in and they'll reshoot it and reshoot it and reshoot it until you can just like send it out and make something off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think what's what, what makes this movie uh, less of a success is that its making of story is more interesting than the movie itself. And there are moments in the movie that I feel hit exactly what Richard Stanley... Would have brought to it that that Gonzo feeling of a of a of a grand piano played of a tiny grand piano played on top of a bigger grand piano, that sort of thing is the kind of thing that this movie needed all of. And I feel like, ironically, the two people who were acting in the biggest disinterest of the movie bring exactly the kind of um, maniacal craziness to the movie that this that the rest of it kind of needed to me
2: yeah it um like performance wise <clears throat> uh it yeah the thing that separates this from a b movie i think is the acting yeah because it's mm. all very well performed and mm-hmm. we've said this before about val kilmer but i think he's really good at knowing what kind of movie he's in um mm-hmm. and like like with top secret like that's a wackadoo thing and he knew what that needed to for the movie to work. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, uh his performance in this movie is like yeah, him and Marlon Brando together uh the the
3: Um all right,
0: I'll cut
2: that. <laughs> um they just like make it they just make it work in a weird, they make really strong choices and they commit to them like a hundred percent. And in, in a way that supports like the, the movie.
1: Yeah. They're grounded performances.
0: They shouldn't work. (laughs)
1: They they for sure shouldn't work at all. Does it make sense that like, I, I feel like going off of both of those things, the story of the, the story of the Island of Dr. Morrow, like the, the premise is is nuts like is a lot of things and is really weird but this movie was made as if it was normal yeah like it's made like a normal movie like it's like the the kind of movie that you would make if you're like this is a john grisham yeah
0: (laughs) Yeah, this movie needed to be procedural (laughs) this movie needed to be made by terry gilliam
1: yeah like there's no Mm. the movie's crazy and the style of anything going on about it doesn't match that at all
3: yeah
1: Mm. like the the uh, which is hard because like a lot of things within it, like like you said, the performances, the creature effects are excellent. Yeah. There's a couple bad CGI moments, yeah. but other than that, the actual like, the practical makeup, makeup is, is so
3: phenomenal. Good. Yeah,
1: wow.
0: It's the Stan Winston Creature Shop. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. it's the aliens mm-hmm. guys.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I think the the like total nutso of it is like David Thewlis sees what's going on and finds out and like freaks the fuck out for like a very short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe maybe if if that had been more if, if that had been like drawn out, but I mean, I don't know.
0: He's so underserved by this movie. Yeah. He's so underwritten, he's so um forgotten. Yeah. About in this film until the end when he needs to be the main character again because they killed mm-hmm. everybody that we care about.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, okay. I think I figured it out. It is the, it's definitely the fact that Frankenheimer is just a guy who, who was brought in to make this movie and make it palatable. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it, you just, you, he just needed to deliver a product. Yeah, you know, so it they say it in the documentary he had one week of preparation. Whoa. So with one week of preparation, what do you do? Well, you turn it into an action movie.
1: Right. I guess. Ugh. Yeah.
2: Can you imagine how much better this movie would have been if Feruza Balk's character did not die and remained and like and was actually the main character throughout? So
1: much better. And I think be, that's more than possible because She's not in the book. No. This is an invented character, yes. invented to be the love interest. So you're not playing by, like, well, she dies in the book. Like, you have, n- there's no rules there. Just yeah. get her to take over the beast colony. Yeah. And get her to be like, uh, I don't if you want to keep the love story, like, yeah, sure, keep that. Whatever, I was into it. And you could have her say, oh, David Thulis, like, now that we've taken it, like, stay here and be my beast husband yeah or be my human husband and then
2: him yeah. like ah,
1: oh, it seems morally complicated
2: mm-hmm. and like is he gonna stay or go yeah mm-hmm. and, and like the the like i feel like they talk a lot about her regressing mm-hmm. and like she slowly starts to become like a little bit more cat-like and mm-hmm. like you can see it in her teeth and that's pretty much yeah. the only thing so i'm like i'm interested in like what that is like and like maybe there's um like drama to be mined from, like, w- like we talked about it before. But like, my favorite scene in this movie is starts out being fucking nuts because it's Marlon Brando and he's got an ice bucket on his head, <laughs> and Frieza Balk's job is to come fill it with ice because he's just like so, um, he's too hot.
1: That's the thing.
2: He's yeah.
0: so just... compelling in this movie. <laughs> I
1: know it's
2: it's
0: so dumb. It's not to say fair. That. It's
1: not fair. Yeah, it's not fair at all. It, I hate that. Like his dumb shit totally worked for him. Yeah, so unfair. Yeah, <laughs> what the fuck. I know. So the so that
2: is uh, talking to Marlon Brando and is talking about regressing and how she wants to be like him and um and it's just like really tender. Like mm-hmm. it's a really nice scene, and um and it made me really wish that Fruzabalk Balk was the main character of this movie. Yeah.
0: They trick you into thinking she is. Yeah. Because they forget about David Thewlis.
1: Oh yeah.
2: yeah, A
0: lot. Oh, like, yeah. Like he's you think he's, he's in the movie but he's really not that much mm-hmm. and when he is I honestly think everyone around him is fucking with him so hard. Like the scene right after Moreau dies mm-hmm. he goes to Val Kilmer to find the serum. Yeah. <laughs> Right. And this is the first time we see Val Kilmer impersonating <laughs> uh, Marlon Brando, not yeah. Dr. Moreau, Marlon Brando. <laughs>
2: yes. And this um, is when he looks at the camera. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, and I said during the the way that scene is acted during the when we were watching it, I was like, this scene looks like it's performed by a man who by an actor who's trying so hard and and is losing his grip on what he's doing. And Val Kilmer, the movie star, who doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. yeah. Watch yeah. it. Val Kilmer's laughing. Thulis is weeping.
1: Yes. <laughs> it's very interesting to watch.
2: It it's
3: is. very
0: interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because even in that, it's a good scene. It's well acted yeah. by both of them. Yeah. But there is something extra that Val Kilmer, uh, talent-wise and movie star-wise, does bring to that, even though he also clearly gives no fucks at this point. Yeah. And is just... Messing with people, he's still so good to watch. That. Yeah, and he makes it look so. It's easy. not fair. <laughs> it's not fair. <sighs> oh my god!
0: But yeah. the the idea of making Balk the the main character, or at least the the second protagonist, is yeah. a really good one. Nothing says that that you can that you can't change the ending a little bit so that she survives and like do the Tron Legacy thing.
2: Yeah, right? mm. bring
0: her off the island and be like, look.
2: Yeah. Look yeah. at this. Do you want to come all with the me? People. Yeah. yeah. Right? I think that yeah, and can you imagine how much more uh how much more bitter, uh how much more significant the ending would have been if it was Feruza Balk who was the one who was choosing not to kill hyena and whoever. Right. Um so like the whole thing is, uh Marlon Brando's whole thing is that uh he he claims to have like genetically uh removed evil from human beings mm-hmm. by mixing them with animals. right. Um, or that's what he's trying to do. and he and his closest, um, he's the closest with Balk. Mm-hmm. Um and and like the whole the whole theme of the movie is that n- men are evil because they fight each other mm-hmm. um, like animals do and so uh i think by having froza balk be the one who uh decides not to be violent and not to kill um these beast people i think that would serve the movie much better mm. um rather than rather than David Thewlis although I guess maybe it's a nightmare maybe it's a nice juxtaposition from his point of uh, his point of origin in the movie when he's beating someone to death with an oar and now he's choosing not to not to do that so like I guess that's a journey I just I don't care about his character at all. Yeah,
1: like, there aren't any questions I have about his character, really. No. I have lots of questions about hers, other people's too, yeah. but um, hers specifically, because it's like, because it's sort of referred to, like, oh, did they all, how, you know, we talked about it afterwards, like, okay, if he's been on the island, if doctor morrow Moreau's been on the island for 17 years, mm-hmm. Val Kilmer's character Montgomery's been on there 10 years, how old is everybody? And, yeah. like, because they all seem to be adults all, yeah in they all call they older. all
2: call um Dr Moreau father mm-hmm. so did he take humans and splice them with animal DNA mm-hmm. or did he take animals and splice them with human DNA like what's the deal with that
1: yeah we, and like were they all born or were they made yeah yeah like
2: or, yeah. or are they aging
1: really quickly because they're animals mm-hmm. like and like what kind of I don't know, we get some hint of, like, things in tubes, etc. Yeah. Like, uh, things in jars, things in tubes. Yeah. Um, but there's also, like, kind of a whole other, you know, uh, like, d- uh, the details of it, of, like, w- well, what did okay, all of these ones are like, all of these beast people are walking and talking, they're wearing clothes. But like, what about all, what about his early research? Like, what are the steps in yeah. between? What's the, the room with the room with all the Sigourney Weaver clones? Yeah. You know, which like, maybe that's like, there's not time, but there seems to be a lot of explosion and running time. So I don't know. Yeah.
0: I think it's really telling that when Farooza Balk's character dies, that's when the movie truly does Devolve into. I stopped into,
1: caring completely mm-hmm. about well, what
0: happened. It completely mm-hmm. turns into a in, into basically a farce. It's a it's an action movie from then on. Yeah. And yeah. even then, like before, like I don't find I don't find anything after Moreau dies interesting.
2: Yeah. To be perfectly honest, yeah.
0: like if we're if we're being like throwing it all out there, yeah. After the scene with the ice bucket on his head, he dies. Mm-hmm, and yeah. i'm like great okay now they're now it's a battle to survive and then after it's revealed that like oh yeah everyone's going to die except him i who cares
2: yeah he yeah.
0: he performs the hell out of that really extended expository monologue scene
3: Oh, yes. sure yeah he performs
0: the hell out of that and he really tries and i feel like that might have been david thulase's only good day on set because it's the only person he's acting with is veruca <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and she seems very generous
1: yeah. <laughs> yes agreed
0: And, and I feel for him. I do. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. but when she's hung, who gives a shit after that? Yeah. It's just a Frankenheimer action set piece with really good creature effects.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We get to see her like kind of like uh, have cat powers, and like there's a lot of bad like cat foley. It just sounds like a house cat, like not even like a lion or something. It's like meow. Um, but we don't get to see, Allie, like you said, other than like her little tiny like fang teeth, we don't get to see like cat transformation physically at all. Yeah. At all at all, which is a shame because we get so many dog people. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Um, so what would you give, what would you give the movie?
2: I would give this movie three tiny grand pianos out of... Ten Pope Mobiles.
1: Mm. Yep. Yeah, I would give this movie like two. Mm, yeah, like three. Uh, I would give this movie three. Uh, sow lady boobs <laughs> out of eight total sow lady boobs. Great. Yeah. Great. Uh, and favorite Val Kilmer moment? Um. Hmm. <laughs> I
2: think when he, when he first starts in imperson- like that scene <laughs> where he starts impersonating Marlon Brando, cause mm. you just hear, you just hear hit. He's like talking into a microphone and he's just talking like Marlon Brando. And he's just like saying utter nonsense. And then he turns and it's this big reveal and he's like dressed up at, as him. And he's got like the white shit on his face. I just think it's really funny. Mm. Um, Yeah, that's probably my favorite Val Kilmer moment.
1: Nice. I think mine is the maybe like his third scene or something like that. They've just gotten to the island. It's after he's killed that bunny. uh, And they're now on the compound. He's kind of like showing him around. And he's like, I'm Montgomery. I was a big fan of Dr. Moreau. And that's how our correspondence started. And he just... I know, Ali. You made the comment. It's like on this little, this little tropical pavilion, and he just turns, and you're like, "Ah, oh, Val Kilmer's so hot. He's so hot and cool." And, and you're like, "Cool. Wow, look at him go." Yeah, he's very effortless in this movie. And I mean, as we learned in the documentary, that's both true and not true. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, yeah. But yeah. I don't know he is. Yeah. Yeah. He makes a lot of choices. Which is something Greg remarks when uh, when he eats the flour. Uh, and then there's like another entrance that he has when David Thewlis and the one of the beast people are in kind of like the radio communications room. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to get contact with the main. Oh, oh yeah, God. he's and got he, like a circuit board on his head. Yeah, he enters with a circuit board <laughs> on his head. He's wearing glasses, and there's like a cigarette hanging out of his mouth, or maybe I, I don't know. And there's like something else going. It's a lot of stuff all at once. Yeah, he's got a lot of accessories in this movie. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, and then we learned, and he's got this big. Like, he's got
2: a blue, blue elbow blue. elbow brace, mm-hmm. and then like so, like all of these like rope ropey necklaces. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of necklaces on. Yeah. And he's often shirtless, Mm -hmm. which is great.
1: Yeah. Agreed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then we learned through IMDb trivia page that like the, the blue elbow thing, it's It's very obvious and it's in several scenes. He just picked it up and put it on one day. Yeah. It has nothing to do with anything. It's a him choice. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So Greg, Greg, what would you,
2: what would you rate this movie?
0: Oh, um, I, I think I would, um, rate it, uh, Two hot brandos out of five fat brandos.
2: Great, great, great. Uh, shall we unveil the, the place on our yes. wall of ratings? Excellent.
1: It is number 11. Yes,
2: so right now... Uh, The Island of Dr. Moreau is sitting right below Top Gun. Mm -hmm. Not as good as Top Gun. And right above The Doors. Better than The Doors. Better than The Doors. While I would never want to watch The Doors or this movie again, Mm -hmm. I did have more fun watching The Island of Dr. Moreau than I did watching The Doors. Agreed. Not to say, I mean, okay, so we should, like, this list is, is just, like, what I what I enjoyed the most. Mm Because like, yeah, we could get into like the doors being like, oh the performances are so good and such an insightful look. But like if
1: you'd like to do it, is it
2: Yeah. I didn't have fun watching it and I don't want to watch it again. Yeah. So that's how we're rating it.
1: Under watchability score. Yes. At the end of I'll say it now. At the end of this podcast like at the series we can and we have the ultimate list we can create a separate list that is quote probably the best list yeah yeah but this is a more fun list <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. um this <laughs> list is highly reactionary in the moment which is great
1: yeah yes <laughs> uh and the island after dr moreau is at 24 percent on 24%. tomatoes. what was the budget
0: 40 million dollars
1: whoa Ooh. that is more
2: than i have indeed and uh yeah <laughs> um is what there... was the budget of mind hunters was it like 28 million 20...
0: um mind hunters is yeah that's a good question i think it was a pretty decent budget mm. uh for that movie
1: yeah does anyone have any final thoughts on just the movie The Island of Dr. Moreau before we head into all the behind the scenes? No I don't. I don't. Great. Uh, well, so, well, here we go. Yeah, well done 27 uh, million. Oh yes oh I fucking nailed, nailed it. it. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
2: Um, should we pause? We're at 50 minutes. Should we make this a two-parter episode?